When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year? That matter? Yay. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder. A podcast for Bonnaroovians by Bonnaroovians. Welcome to the What Podcast. That's Barry Corder. I'm Brad Steiner. There's a, the Lord of the Taco, a Mr. Taco slash comma lord esquire llc gentlemen how in the hell are you I haven't seen you in forever you guys look good everybody's missed, got a new background thanks. these days everybody's I doing new, you guys new yeah, video stuff nice to be back talking with you again yeah i i seriously have missed you guys i didn't think i would i don't know why i don't like either of you barry, but i've missed you barry you sit <laughs> there kidding. you I'm sit kidding. there in bed screaming my name why doesn't Brad, Brad call? Why Brad. doesn't he call? Yeah. <laughs> so I've done everything. I've done so everything I know to do. What's been happening with you guys? Catch up. Give me the give me the lowdown. We haven't talked in forever. Uh Taco, you go first. All right. Um, we have started playing video games uh on Twitch. I have, and then uh got together with Daniel. Not where I thought this was going. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, by the way, I love the idea of Taco saying, "Well, I started playing video games. You've been playing video games your whole life. You I found I found this new thing games. called video games. Yeah, I mean, we, there's we, kind we of been an election. There's kind of been this COVID thing. There's <laughs> kind of been some drama. I've been up to yeah, I've guys. I've discovered games. the moving picture box. <laughs> it uh, has pictures, and they fly through the wow. world wide web. Found a new beer called Pabst Blue Ribbon. Really? But has it won an award? It needs sure to has. win. Okay, good. I'm going to need a minute. Uh-huh. Well, I guess the, the point is, like, I know that this is, this is, and by the way, for you, uh, Bonnaroovian, I know that there's been a, a weird lapse in everything. We love that you've stuck in, stuck with us and, and you continue to stick with us. And hopefully there's something to talk about, about Bonnaroo very soon. Uh, because today we have a special guest. We have a kid that we tried to get on a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago that never actually came to fruition because, you know, of the Rona. And uh, a kid that we had on our list is playing. You think he's playing video games? Uh, you know, we're gonna ask him. We're about Can't to wait to out. ask. Him. Uh, yeah, Briston Maroney is gonna be on the uh, the uh, program know, this very, afternoon. Very so uh, I'm really excited about this kid. He was one of the guys that we found in, in the Bonner Roulette, and then just he's stuck. Got a great voice, and hopefully he'll play a song or two. Uh, video games for Taco Barry Corder. What for you? Sorry, I'm still. Other than I'm you know still... you. You dog him out for you dog him out for video games, but you've got the world's largest and only CD collection left. Man, look at the money! Look, that's that's my my kids' inheritance right there. Lucky. They have no idea, do they? Like, yeah, <laughs> I left you all of my CDs. I left I put you all your CDs. money in CDs. Yeah, I got all, all the, the Justin Bieber and Aerosmith stuff back there. Those Aerosmith CDs are going to be worth tons. Okay. Right. Uh, Barry, what about what about you? The last couple of months, what have you been doing? Um, I, I I hesitate now after uh, you know the video game thing, but uh, we've had uh, we've had a major 
uh, shift in our household. We've had my stepdaughter and her husband and three and a half year old, my granddaughter, move in uh, while their house is being built. So I don't think we're unusual. Uh, probably unusual in that most people aren't having a house built. So we're fortunate in that. And I don't make light of that at all because people are going through some horrible things. But uh, you continue to be the most patient man. I have ever known in my life. It's all I've, that's my only superpower, right? That yeah. and, uh, you know, being able to drag something across a concrete floor and snag it on something. Those are my two superpowers. You're talking about a body, aren't you? You're talking about a body. <laughs> but yeah, no, they moved in uh, this past week and it's been a lot of fun. Interesting. Uh, so. I can't, I can't believe like, you know, when we say that Barry is sort of the dad of camp, it's because he literally does this every single day. He's the only person that could keep us all together and, you know, allow for us to survive four, five, six days because you literally have to do it every day, every yeah. single day. Yeah. It, you just move on. You just move on. Can I move you deal in with it. You got, you got room for me? I'm not Come on, house, baby. But, I, you know, if you let me move in. Yeah, he's got a bus. I know you're. I know you're really, really good at identifying babies. I am, and I have yeah. one, so I, I need you to. You know, know what? I think know. Taco will be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> I need. I need it confirmed that she yeah. is in fact a baby. We can yeah. confirm that. I, so Barry's superpower <laughs> is patience. Lord Taco's superpower is identifying babies. What's mine? Ooh. Mm. Uh, I'm ooh. so excited. Wait, what's it gonna be? <laughs> Gotta go. Uh, talking about Brad, I'm gonna go with. <laughs> it's really good. It's a really good topic. It, nobody, uh, nobody is better at talking about Brad than it's you. It's a great are. point. It's a great point. Um, so, have you spent any time? Let's put it this way. I get a better question. Uh, Barry Quarter, you seemed to drop a little bit of uh, knowledge on me a couple weeks ago that I fought back on. Uh, have you gotten anywhere or found anything out about mm, a lineup release date? Uh, I have heard rumors that they're going to announce it. Uh, do I know anything more specifically than you? Cause I know when I reached out to you, you reached out to your people. I, Hmm. My guess is that they, the industry, let's just put it in the big umbrella, is going to proceed as if things are going to happen. Uh, now, that was, when did I ask you that? Six weeks ago? That was before Thanksgiving. That was before the blow up. That was before the election or right around. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. Um since then, our festival uh, here in Chattanooga, it's not happening. Not only is it not happening, the uh, people who run it basically are, have ended, blown up. Um, so, you know, we're not here to, I, I'm not here to rain on anybody's parade. Uh, you know, I want it to happen so bad. We all do. I don't know if I told you. I ordered bandanas from Bonnaroo. They came yesterday. <laughs> Taco, you see what I'm saying? I know that's terrible. Uh, I ordered it's like a t-shirt. Half of him uh, <laughs> just disappears anytime he tries to move. It's the strangest thing in the I world. Know, it's, I know, but my point is, I, I love this festival. I want it to happen so bad. Um, so to your question, I have no new news, but Except to say, nobody knows. And if anybody's trying to tell you any differently, they don't know. Well, it's all uh, going to depend on this vaccine, huh? It's always correct. it's all going to come so out. So many things. Yeah, whenever this this whole vaccine thing uh, figures itself out, and and you know, no, I don't. I feel like I feel like I'm still trying to convince certain people that this is still th a thing and still happening. You know, that the we're all still trying to. Uh, I know, right? not have people die on a daily basis. So, you know, trying to trying to even go to the next step as to what happens after, uh, we still have people who don't wear a mask. So I don't know how to, uh, to wrap my head around what the next step is when we're still eight months ago. I feel like we're still having the same arguments and conversations from eight months ago. So how do we even, you know, project what happens in the next, 
you know, six to eight months in front of us. But um, yeah, it feels like everything is dependent on the vaccine and its um, its ability to get to the marketplace. But at the end of the day, I think that all of us feel really comfortable in saying that it's going to happen in September. If it happens, it's going to be September. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I think it, I feel like I'm absolutely confident it's now going to happen. Okay. Oh, well, you you have new news that I don't have. I don't know. So. No, no, no. That's not news. No, no, no. It's not news. I'm just I'm going with with my gut on this one that um you know you get to Something. you get to July Fourth weekend and I think that things start looking a lot different for a lot of entities. Now I don't know if that means that a you know, any sort of like a lineup is is given. I mean, I, I just cannot imagine somebody putting out a lineup before Christmas and it getting any sort of, you know, traction. I, I just don't think that you can break through some of the noise that's out there. Now, maybe that's that's a strategy. Maybe that you put it out there because you think that, you know, it will get some attention. I don't think that it will. Um, but whatever. What do I know? I, and I think that's right. I think that's right. I think they're trying to figure out how to both uh, keep the tickets that have been sold, sell tickets, and who can blame them? I mean, they're trying to stay alive. These are business people. They're trying mm-hmm. to put food in people's mouths. Uh, that's the point. Like a baby bird? I I think that's the point you and I have been trying to make this whole time. I don't think I've it, been making the point that they're literally trying to feed me. Uh, not you. Oh, okay. But they're trying to feed that guy who drives the truck and, yeah. and uh, puts the lights up. And that's the thing. It's not just the artist. And that's... It's it's bizarre, or not bizarre. I don't know what the word is, Brad and uh, and Russ. But I mean, we started talking about this in March, and I mean, I reported it as if I was smart or if it was news that it's not just the singer that needs your money. It's the truck driver. It's the light guy. It's the and and the deeper we get into this, that's exactly what I, I a, keep uh... talking about. You know? I, I I popped into uh, Revivalist um, space their 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 practice space last week and uh, I was just saying hey by the way you guys did great on the the outdoor show that you did I wonder how and I was poking around I was like I wonder how you did on that did you make any money he's like not a chance we have a 19 person crew that's the Revivalists <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God love them. They are wonderful men and and as good of friends as I could have in this city when it comes to the industry. My God, um, if the revivalists have 19 people. My friend uh, Nathan Bell, who I think is one of the great songwriters ever, lives here in Chattanooga. Uh, he, he's become such, years ago, became such a defender of Taylor Swift. He's like, she employs hundreds of people. Like her, don't like her. Make fun of her music, whatever, but she is a businesswoman that employs hundreds of people, and for that alone, you know, it it, it just sort of turned my way of thinking, and that's what we're talking about. These festivals, and, and <laughs> I don't understand. All right, so we we've got the restaurant industry, we've got the football, we've got sports, whatever. I mean, music has just, entertainment has just taken a beating throughout all of this. I mean, it's just gone. Uh, and this is what we love. This is why you and and Taco and I are in, in, in Briston here in a little bit. It's why we're here. We love this. And you, it's uh, just you mentioned, you mentioned Taylor's. You mentioned Taylor Swift. Just as an aside, uh, you putting Taylor Swift in your top five albums of the year? You putting folklore in there? Uh, I'm gonna leave that one to you. Why? I, I asked just, you the question. I no, no, I haven't. Uh, I, I. You haven't listened to five albums, have you? No, okay. no. <laughs> I don't. Think if I, I have their five albums I, this year, if really I have their from the '60s, I'm, I've gone so vinyl. Yeah, my, I have I, gone totally. It vinyl. is so bizarre. So in the end, there, there's an industry uh, newspaper thing that called and like, hey, all right, what are your five, top five albums of the year? And I literally put "Suddenly" by Billy Ocean on there because <laughs> I, I've listened to that record more than anything else in my collection. Yeah, mine like, would I, have been uh, Paul McCartney's uh, "Ram," the reissue thing that I bought on vinyl for I told, forty bucks. 
I told you forever ago, like, you know, just as a radio person, it's impossible for current base formats to uh, survive right now because all anybody wants is comfort food. Yep. And even as a person who runs, even as somebody who runs a radio station that only predominantly, I mean, 35% of our playlist is, is new music, but oh my God, if I hate it, I can't imagine how the audience likes it. You know, like most of the stuff that has come out this year, I have cared less. I could not have cared less about. I didn't give a damn. Even if it was great, I didn't pay any attention to it. Right. And I don't I know why even, that is. Uh, that, well, I do well, know why it's it is, comforting. It's, it's that comfort food. That was such a, I mean, I did a story on it and and talked to you about it. And, and that was such a great um, push. You're exactly right. I mean, I'm literally listening to old vinyl that is from the 70s. And I, uh, it's not that I don't like the new. It's not that I don't have the ability. You know, I mean, I have, like everybody else, probably 55. No, it's exaggeration. I have every way imaginable to listen to, to, listen to music. Uh, but but all do you have I've any CDs? To, <laughs> I've got a few. <laughs> all I've listened to is vinyl. Um, and it's old vinyl, obviously. So, well, I, you need to pick up Billy Ocean suddenly because <laughs> it always works in whatever situation you are in. It is the, it, it's been my absolute favorite, uh, piece of, uh, work. I've, I've, look, I, it sucks because for somebody who is a consumption junkie, like I'm obsessed with finding everything and listening to everything. Um, I have no appetite for it. Uh, I don't, I don't care. It's like, it's like I went into a coma and I came out with the inability to like pizza. Imagine no. if you woke up one day and you're just like, I don't like pizza anymore. It's really sad. <laughs> it bothers me to my core. Like I can listen to something even like, I love James Blake, that James Blake EP. It's good. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. No, I am a, my, um, my, my thing is if once I find out that there's another way to listen to music, I'm obsessed until I have it in my house. If you tell me that there's a gadget that you got to plug into this and that, and it'll play, I'm going to go get it. And then when I get it, I don't care anymore. That's my point is so I, it's hard to explain Oh, you've, you're seen, doing so you've seen well. my office. You've seen my office. I have more gadgets and technology and nonsense in here. But you know what? All I'm listening to is a 1976 Pioneer SX708 or 780 amp and a 40-year-old turntable. Well, if if I have to tell you one... Okay, I of the five that I was supposed to put together, I'll give you two that you absolutely should listen to. Uh, I think Run the Jewels 4 is great. Um, unfortunately, I think that the front half of it's a lot better than the back half of it. But again, I mean, ain't that much to pick from, so it makes my top five. But the best album of the year, without a doubt, not even close. And I hate that all the other publications think this too, but, you know, it is what it is. Fiona Apple Fetch the Bolt Cutters is as advertised. It is not even close. There's yeah. not even a close second. I have um, heard the, that, and it is wonderful. It's it great. is it's damn near perfection, and I don't know how it was totally ignored, it felt like, by the Academy. And, you know, as That's, a voting member of the Academy, I shall say... Um, all the, right, well, speaking of, what about the old country music controversy? We, I mean, that happened since we've talked last, with the which, whole uh, Jason, or not Jason, but uh, John Prine being ignored, and uh, who was the other... Uh, who was the other death that uh, was ignored? You know what oh, I'm talking about? On no, the I don't. I don't know. Oh, you're talking about the CMAs. I, I'm just going to let's uh, I know you don't know me well, Barry, but um, <laughs> I, I know enough. But you, I thought I thought this might have crossed your radar. Can you hey, there see he is. a guy hey. like me? Guys. Hey, how's it going? Real Howdy. quick. Brissa, nice to meet you. Do I look like a guy that watches the CMAs? Oh, man. <laughs> Well, I will say this is going to sound like a cop out. It's kind of dark in the room that you're in. Um, yeah, I'm trying to keep <laughs> oh, it that yeah, way. Right Very moody today. It's getting you darker. Do. I mean, the sun's going down. 
Yeah, that's definitely not the vibe that CMA is. CMA is a very cheery event, for sure. Well, more I'm, importantly, how do I look? How do I look? He's, Do you guys watch the CMAs? Is that the truth? No, no we were talking about the controversy with them ignoring John Prine's death. And uh, oh, did they not? Did nothing come up? No, that? they listed all the people who died this past year, and they left John Prine and um, oh, I'm, it's kill. No, wait, no, I'm I'm not even gonna say it, but is, they left a couple of people out, and uh, it became a big thing. Jason Isbell made a big stink about it, and uh, several yeah. other people. So good lord, man! Yeah, that, I. Oh, I had no idea they did that. That yeah. Really... So right, well, we won't get into that. But let's, Brad, let's, you need some light because you I do. I turned look... the light on. It's going to ruin my Christmas decor. It, the tree looks good. Okay, so the tree is great. Brad. Well, uh, it's the first time. I don't know about you, but and and I don't do Christmas stuff very well. But uh, it's the first time in my life I've had colored lights on the tree. It's never happened before. I feel very weird, but we moved to New Orleans and we feel like we got to get some color in our life. We got to you know get this you know some pop. Um, so speaking of where you live, are you still in Knoxville? Do you live in Knoxville? I am from Knoxville, born and raised, but I, uh, made the trip out to Nashville. So I'm a little bit about two and a half hours out from, I gotcha. from Knox, from dirty Knox right now. Okay. So, um, I've got so many questions for you, but we'll, <laughs> we'll start this. We'll start this whole thing, uh, I guess, properly. First off, uh, I'm Brad. That's Barry. That's Lord Taco, uh, hey. with the PBR and, <laughs> I'll tell you how we found you. Um, first off, as a Bonnaroo podcast, we talk a lot about, turns out, Bonnaroo. And um, so each and every year, to get ready for a bunch of artists that we've never heard of, we do a thing called Bonnaroo-let. We spin the wheel, and we just land on artists, and we start playing some of their stuff on the show, and we figure, let's see if we like it. Yeah. Landed on Briston Maroney. Oof. So Big hit. Tough good. break. Big um, hit. I I was immediately into it. I loved it, and I just started. I just started going down the rabbit hole, and it turns out, uh, within 15 minutes of me going down the rabbit hole, I find out we have mutual friends oh, from kidding. being right down the road uh, in Knoxville. So, oh, so then, awesome. the more I learn about you is that that you know I'm not trying to be you know uh, a jerk about it, but you're still you're fairly young, and you. Well, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because I can't imagine being um, really good and really young and being taken seriously. Oh, yeah. So I wonder how much of a hurdle that was. And then on top of it, in maybe not the most um, musically eclectic or music forward city like Knoxville. Sure. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that, man. Uh yeah. Oh my lord. Do you know how long, how many days I spent strumming my little six string at the farmers market, having people like literally pat me on the head? And <laughs> <laughs> Barry does that to me every show. Yeah, it's it's nice sometimes. A good pat goes a long way. <laughs> but no, man. I mean, yeah, it definitely. I'm really thankful to have grown up around people who allowed me to take music seriously from a young age and who, who encouraged me to take things seriously and then henceforth took me seriously. So I, I, I'm really thankful that I was around people who allowed me to, to commit really hard to playing music. And, and Knoxville, yeah, I mean, it, it had its, its moments where I was, you know, at the farmer's markets where things were like, it was a cutesy thing to see a kid in a, in a beat up flannel acting like he'd like lived a hundred lives when I had like left the eighth grade or something. So like, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> over time, um, yeah, man, I just figured out how to like not take myself too seriously. And therefore I feel like people started maybe appreciating, um, more my, uh, once people found out that I was willing to admit the things I didn't know at a young age, you know, like I, it was so much easier to have a conversation with people as an artist. And yeah, that was a big turning point for sure. This is, this is such a great, a great topic and we could do hours and hours on it because people come from everywhere right i mean not everybody comes from nashville or new york or la uh, so what what is it that sort of uh what you you, you said people patted you on your head but what were the encouraging moments you know that, that that said it doesn't matter that i'm from knoxville or wherever or um 
you know, I, I'm good at this. What was it that, what were those moments that, uh, encouraged you? Mm, thanks for saying that, man. Yeah. I think, golly, I think one perk of being from Knoxville is that, you know, very few people that I looked up to were from Knoxville. You know what I mean? I, there were a lot of great people in that city, but a lot of my heroes were from, you know, the big three or four musical cities. So I didn't feel like I had to be from there because it was just such a blank slate. So just growing up and just thinking, you know, taking kind of the, the pressure off of, of making a name for myself coming from a place and more so just making a name out of what I had to say um, was, it was a big thing. And, and that, the motivation to do that came from, from my family, you know, from my dad, uh, from my grandfather, both musicians. And um, honestly, I had a lot of great teachers. I got really lucky. I had some teachers who wanted me to never speak again, but I had a lot of teachers who were <laughs> very positive people who said like, Hey, you can, I had an English teacher in high school who was <laughs> really great, who basically was like, it's very evident to me that you don't want to take a lot of things seriously, but you seem to care about music and you seem to care about writing. So like, you're allowed to take that seriously. Like if, if, if you don't care at all about any of this other stuff, you're, you're allowed to care about what you care about, but you just have to care about it. So, you know, I, those were really big moments for me. Well, I, I think first off, I think the big shocker here, and, and this is the headline, um, Briston hates Peyton Manning. Uh, nice. How dare he not have a? And as soon as I said that, there's a lot of amazing people from Knoxville. Payton, yeah. the nice. Weezer guys. You know, it's funny. We, Quentin we Tarantino. That. That's so. Incredible. So for people who are listening, Brad is uh, lived Ch in Chattanooga for a long time. Russ is in Ringgold. I'm in Chattanooga. So Knoxville is, um, whatever. It's going to be that place. Every state has them. If you were from Eugene, that would sound exotic. If you were from <laughs> Athens, Georgia, you know, that'd be exotic. Yeah. So we're sitting here talking about Knoxville like it's yeah. podunk, and it is, yeah. but probably the people near Eugene nobody, are thinking the same thing. Nobody you know has what I mean. waxed poetic or written a love song to Knoxville. Nobody has done that. Well, there is Except the very, for Rocky Top. There's the famous That's not, the, yeah. a bluegrass song called Knoxville Girl, but it's it's like a murder song. So I get <laughs> Like but you know what I mean. Honey, everywhere I seems. You, I love everywhere. when you romance me, draw me a bath, and put on the murder song. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. That's funny. So, so like, back to the uh, sorry, Barry, but real quick, uh, the back to something you said a second ago about the writing part, and I think that's the part that I was I was drawn into the. And, and again, I hate to keep bringing this about you know just youth and and and. Um, vis-a-vis -vis where you are as a writer, but, I mean, it is a Jeff Buckley thing to write beyond your years and mm -hmm. write beyond whatever experiences you might have. And, yeah, you might be flannel-shirted, you know, pat on the head at the farmer's market, but there's an ability to uh, write something that you may not have ever lived, but yet you can still sort of, you know, uh, you know put it in prose. I, I wonder, you know, not because, uh, of course, you don't know how that happens, but how in the hell does that happen? <laughs> Can I just jump in? Because we were laughing as he came on with uh, talking about Jason Isbell. I asked him the mm -hmm. same question. Sure. You know, how do you write a song about something, you know, that you've never done? And the example, of course, is like a Johnny Cash. He didn't go to prison. He didn't shoot a man just to watch him die. I mean, Wait, he never what? did it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? That's that's the beauty yeah. of the artist. So um I think you you have to listen, Will. <laughs> I think I grew up around a lot of people who uh wow. who had a lot of stories to tell, man. I think I yeah, I grew up with people who had so many stories to tell that they didn't want me to have to live a life where I had stories like that to tell. You know what I mean? So both of my parents have had, you know, pretty remarkable lives as far as what they've overcome. And what so, do they do? What do your parents do? My folks are basically all in medicine, but my parents split and both remarried. And so my dad and stepmom are, my dad's a nurse, stepmom's a doctor. My wow. mom is uh, an x-ray tech and my stepdad sells medical equipment. So Jesus yeah. Christ. I mean, you 
you have got the the. They didn't take the tattoos well. You you've know? got the litany <laughs> line happening right now. Oh, I know, man. They're busting their ass. And if and if like if there's somebody that could write a COVID song, it would be the son of and the grandson of <laughs> literally the entire front line. Entire, yeah. We go down the whole list. Yeah, it's crazy. Man, what you just said, and I think that goes probably back to some of your English teachers being able to listen. Yeah, that's the thing that I tell. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a reporter now, fifty three years. That's the one thing I tell the new reporters. What do you, you know? Just listen. Sometimes stop talking. Don't worry about your questions. Listen and then go from there. So uh, that's not an easy, you know, it sounds so simple. It sounds trite. But uh, being a good listener is uh, is really important. Um, that, that's pretty interesting to hear you say that. Wait, were we talking about me? <laughs> You're not a good listener. What's that? <laughs> Oh, walks right into that, man. Yeah, yeah I know. Right? That's what I do. That's what I do. He's a radio guy. He's a doing, jokes. Yeah. Be jokes. <laughs> doing jokes. Got to do jokes. Doing jokes. So, um, okay. So you you get you get to the Bonnaroo thing. How did the Bonnaroo thing uh, come to be? Uh, I one can uh, assume that AC Entertainment in Knoxville finds you and then uh, basically attacks you and drags you into the farm of Manchester. How does that? How does it all work out for you? And, <laughs> What was the feeling that you had after you found out? It was the most mind-blowing thing because Bonnaroo was like off limits my whole life because my parents didn't want me to be the kid running around on the farm with the tie-dye t-shirt tied around my head, really stoked about Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. They didn't want me to be that guy. So once I got to be a part of Bonnaroo by way of playing it, it was like a totally different perspective that made me be like i'm calling the shots now mommy like i'm doing it <laughs> that was maybe the creepiest thing that's ever been said on this show I, i'm calling guys, the shots now mommy I'm, I'm trusting that you guys can just clean up anything that's leaving my mouth right now i love it to, still not really used to like getting to talk about bonnaroo it's still um i'm scared I that love I'm, it. my game boy taken away if i do this but uh <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's gotta yeah. suck because it 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 didn't happen, yeah. and so so now what happens? My roommate and I took some really funny pictures. I just laid on the couch without my shirt on, with a box of cereal, just eating straight from the box, and was like, "Bonnaroo 2020, like what a what a great experience out on yeah. the farm." But yeah, hope, you know, hopefully, I think they're booking a lot of artists again for next year, which would be really badass. But I I don't know how that's gonna unfold. I really hope that we get to go back out there regardless the next time that it happens i will absolutely go whether or not we get to play because that like just the thought of seems like it was just so exciting just the idea of just even being there so like yeah man i'll, I'll definitely be out have, have you not actually been approached about coming back yet uh I think that our, our management has talked to some people and like they've talked to the booking stuff i think a lot of festivals just automatically just push the lineup to next year for 21 uh, for whatever, you know, whatever they had this year, they just literally moved it to the same date next year. And I don't know if Bonnaroo was, was one of those. I can't remember. No, they moved to September. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's very exciting. Yeah. It's very exciting. Yeah. So what yeah. have, how have you, uh, what is, uh, what's your year been? What have you done? I mean, uh, how do you, there's so many artists, they're either recording, they're going back through old songs, they're, you know, there's, you've got time, so what are you doing? Yeah. Luckily, we had just wrapped up a record when we, uh, when everything shut down, maybe two weeks before, I had flown back home from LA with a finished record, which was really exciting. So, I've been just, like, so lucky, man, to be able to have that record done, spend the rest of this year, um basically just like building the world around the however many songs, you know what I mean? So I, we've like busted our ass with, with visual stuff. Uh, my best friend directs all our music videos. So we, we spent so much of this time shooting videos. The label, no idea why they did this, trusted us to do a video for every song. So we've been like pretty full plate with like, you know, a, a ton of videos. So, so that's been a really big part of it. And I, I love to act and I love to like be a part of, of visual stuff as well so like 
I've been really invested in that. But like, aside from that, man, I've done so many boring, painfully boring things that I have loved. So like, I like have- a Bonnaroo podcast <laughs> <laughs> with dudes you've never met. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you guys, you guys make me feel funny. That's why I like it. Is here. This is yeah, good. Brad makes me feel funny. He always has. Always have. <laughs> but but okay, I understand. You, you got you got an album on your hands, and oh, you yeah. might have some visuals. But you know, it's also got to come along with a you know external world around it, yep. uh, and that external world doesn't exist anymore. So. It's got for a guy like you who's, you know, trying to make their mark, trying to acquire, um, you know, a new fan, another set of fans every time you go through a city. Uh, how does that sort of, you know, blunt the momentum that you were you were trying to build? I mean, it's yeah, it throws a, a freaking wrench in it. Like I as far as meeting people in a city, having the experiences that like you have at a show, which are arguably the most formative experiences you can have with music like to for that no longer to be an option sucks like that and especially for us man like i value our live show so much and like because that's just what got me to fall in love with music and why i started becoming a massive fan of bands was i I just loved going to shows and so this year like i am so bad with technology social media sucks the life out of my body and i like Mm. I've had to kind of bite the bullet this year and figure out ways to like engage with people that way and still feel genuine doing that. And so like, honestly, this year, man, I've like, I mean, it's, it's been tough too, just with, with what social media has needed to be in a year like this, there's been a lot of need for really purposeful, intentional conversation. Um, but as, as you know, things have started to improve a little bit in, in certain aspects and people are just communicating in new ways by the end of 2020. I've, I've kind of let social media be a really open thing for me as far as like being silly, interacting with people the same way that I would interact with my friends at a show. I like, you know, responding to people's messages really just like personally and just like trying to have a good time with that stuff, man. So I, you know, and, and not being afraid to say like, this sucks. I would so much rather hang with you guys at a show. I would so much rather talk to you guys in person. You know what I mean? Like just being willing to to be pretty transparent on how I feel, yeah. how much do it's you, do that. This is an unfair question, but I'm going to ask it from your perspective. Do you feel like you come out of this, I mean, scre- yelling, screaming? I mean, is your first show going to be this ginormous thing or or is it going to be just pared down in acoustic set you know what i mean uh, i think we're all trying to figure out how we come out of this and yep. uh part of it feels like you know we're going to have this giant or this huge bonnaroo with 400,000 i really really and, want you to keep saying the word giant i know i'm, gen- I I'm really trying to think that. of all the old timey things i can think of that just make your hair crawl <laughs> <laughs> but Is you it know what be I a mean. barn burner when it's, you get no yeah, wing ding. We're gonna have a wing ding. <laughs> a wing ding. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna go down to the blockbuster and get a two bits. Two bits. <laughs> Would it qualify as a hoot nanny? A hoot nanny. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a few hoot nannies. We've right had here. some hoot nannies. That's what I'm wondering. Seriously, do we come out with this big thing, or does it feel like we just sort of inch our way out of it, or do you even have a sense? Oh, we're we're soft hopping it, man. We're going. Well. I love it. I love a sock hop. That a baby. Love a sock hop. Dang, I, I, think, I didn't we'll think of that one. The second, I think the second <laughs> that we get the green light to have the have the the Woodstocky moment where it's just some outdoor show going wild with as many people as we can safely get somewhere. I I I I want it to be that. I I I've said since the, since the beginning that I've of of. The, the lockdowns and shutdowns that I've really, I'm just highly anticipating what it will look like as far as live music, meaning new things to people once, once it's an option. We, we just announced some dates um, opening for Rainbow Kid and Surprise scheduled for, for May of 21, socially distanced, um, 
outdoor show. We're doing like the pod thing. Where? Uh, in Pelham, Tennessee. Uh, it's this venue called the Caverns. Oh, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. that's right. You're on that. That's a great new venue, man. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. It's insane. I don't know if you, Brad. That's the cave. Yeah, yeah I know. They, yeah. they clear it outside, and then and they're gonna do stuff outside. So that's yeah. cool. How many dates are you doing at the RKS? Uh, it was two originally, May seventh and eighth, and they they just an hour ago added a third one because I guess they sold out. So that's yeah. great. That's Dang. a good. That's a good look. Yeah, those oh, are dude. good people up there. That's great. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I'm glad we're getting to come back in Tennessee too, in Pelham, Tennessee, of all places. Just some talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for you guys listening, that's about 20 minutes from Manchester. So uh, I think I would be really remiss uh, as a Bonnaroo podcast and as someone who lives and operates in Nashville like you do now uh, to not mention what COVID has done to somebody near and dear to at least the industry's heart and mine and and ours is the Bonnaroo community and Lightning 100. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know what's been going on with Lightning 100 up there, Briston, but um, they are independently owned radio station. They are the radio station that operates uh, Bonnaroo Radio. Mm. They operate the entire media compound back in the back when it comes to how radio stations around the country cover the event. Um, they have been there since the very first minute. I think that Reverend Keith, Reverend Keith was the 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 Rev was the first guy to walk onto the festival grounds 16 years ago or so. Wow! Um, so they're in a really big pinch right now. So they they basically have turned over their social media, their website, their station over to saving the airwaves. Uh, they're going to shut their doors. They're going to be done. They're going to. Um, uh, be goner. They're a goner if they can't raise somewhere upwards of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and so they're trying to come up with creative ways to to come up with that kind of money. Um, so you know, if if you do have the ability, if you do have the option, uh, sign on to their website. Give them give them your time. Give them maybe a couple of your dollars. Uh, because they are invaluable. Invaluable. I can't explain to you how important Lightning One Hundred is to not just Bonnaroo, but to Nashville musicians. There was a long time there that, I mean, maybe a decade, two decades, where the only place that local musicians in the region were getting played was Lightning 100. Um, and I don't know if they, I, I don't know if they reached out, to, I don't know what kind of uh, relationship you have with them, but, you know, if it wasn't for them, a lot of the people that you love at Bonnaroo wouldn't exist. They just, yeah. they wouldn't exist. Mm. Damn, yeah, uh, like heartbreaking, man. Truly, yeah, yeah truly, like makes me want to cry. Those people have done so much for me, so much for all of my friends, so much for Nashville. Like you, the, the I met my best friends at Live on the Green, which is the lighting yeah. concert event. That's that was my first first experience in Nashville. I mean. I, you know, I've, I've shared so many experiences with people I love through Lightning 100. I, I remember calling my dad the first time they started spinning one of the songs. It was like, it is a huge deal. What me. was the song, by the way? Was it uh, wow. Freaking Out on the Expressway? Which yeah. one was it? <laughs> it was actually, it, it predated Expressway. It was a song called I've Been Waiting, which is just a bad song. But they were still <laughs> That well, I didn't say like, they were a good radio station. Uh, they were just <laughs> important. Man, what a see. That's the thing. You know what? Yeah. When I'm a, you know, Brad, I know is a is a music history guy, and so am I. When you hear Paul McCartney talk about hearing their song on the radio for the first time, and Brian Wilson pulling over on the road to hear their song on the radio for the that first is- time. God, uh, that just gives me chills thinking yeah. about it. It is so awesome. Yeah, there's nothing like that. That's what it's about, right? That's yeah. it. That that I think, and looking out into a crowd and and them singing your lyrics, back, uh, excuse me, their lyrics back to you. That yeah. would have to be the two of the greatest moments ever for an artist. I can't think of anything better than that. That's that's everything, man. I mean, yeah, you nailed it. You summed it up, and then you spend the rest of Every time trying I, to get it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 
doesn't just like a woman. Yeah, right. Yeah, never the. Briston, what's so? It wasn't a good song. What year was this? This was 2018, maybe. Okay. Maybe right after I'd signed my first record deal. And you didn't like the song? Oh, I don't know. At the time, I probably liked it too much. I was probably a little too proud of it. But <laughs> <laughs> looking back on it, it's like on paper they took a chance on a a little like disorganized, curly-headed kid. Who yeah. Had an opportunity to record a song. <laughs> you know? I, I will say, I've asked this question before and every, every person I've asked, it laughs me out of the room, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I will find the artist that will take this as an idea. Uh, I really love the idea of like you looking back 10 years ago. And if you're, you know, you, you get 40 at one point and you look back 20 years and you see the songs that you wrote and you're like, how about if I rewrite these one more time? I want to get this one more pass and yeah. see if I can make this something and nobody will take me up on this idea. Nobody will take this idea. I'm all about it. Yeah, I hold on to that stuff way too tight. I'm I'm like constantly, I guess this is weird. I don't say this out loud often, but I constantly listen back to old recordings and old songs. And like, because I, I have found so many times, man, those are the ones that like, the, the ideas that were good enough to write down usually may not have made sense at the time because they were good enough ideas that you needed to learn more before you could put them where they needed to be, you know? So like, yeah, dude, I go through. Yeah, I, I agree. I yeah, mean, I, as, I, as, I a, I, as a, as a, as a, even as a stand-up comic, I mean, I wrote up earlier today, poop, poop, pee, pee, poo. And at some point that's going to give it five years. be really good one day. Huh. Yeah, it's, yeah, here's the difference. Uh, sometimes yeah. you have to have been talented at 20. Oh, <laughs> damn it. That's where you're missing the, Miss the beat. that 19 years ago. No, I'm, it, it, it is funny because you've mentioned this before, Brad, and, and, mm -hmm. and I'm different. I ask people this all the time. Uh, they they're all go back and look at stuff. And it the good ones, the good ones, and that's the difference. They were good at 20. Now they're looking at it as a 40-year-old. They've had children. They've been married. They're older. It's still good. It's just filtered through a different light. Mm -hmm. So you're you're not, uh, I don't want to say you're wrong. It's just a different. Uh, no, you want to say that I'm wrong. Let's um, be honest. You say no, wrong. no, I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, it's the old, uh, the poet. I think it was Keats who said, I used to write poems. I would stick them in a drawer and then I would come back a year later and wonder who the fuck had been messing with my poems. <laughs> I yeah. can't believe I pulled Barry out. just dropped. I did. A... <laughs> I did. Come on now. All right. Any Walt now. Whitman quotes, Barry? Any? Uh... Ooh, that's a good one. I'll have to look that up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Bruce, I love it. I Bruce, love it. Thank you so much for for spending some time with us and and um, shaving the beard. Oh yeah. And um, two weeks to get off before i got here it was a very sick I bet. I bet. no we're, we're big fans and and we we really did uh uh really fall in love with your work and and hopefully one day we'll see you actually perform it soon and um yeah thanks for being a part of of, of the bonnaroo experience here even in the weirdest of weird times man really thanks for having me man this was uh if this is the closest i get to the farm this year i'll take it this oh, is oh come on oh. come on yeah. Yeah. We look. You were our first. That we both said. That's who I want to have on the show. So yeah, thank you so much now. for doing it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Not and not saying that because you're here. No, I, I I really appreciate it, man. It means a lot. There right, you go, Briston Maroney on the uh, What Podcast uh, with Barry Corder, Lord Taco, Brad Steiner. I uh, I like I like that kid, and and I, love I it. and I can I tell I could tell before I met him. And talking to him that he wasn't like an egotistical 20 something. Um, and I'm just glad that, you know, I was sort of right, you know, because I the only thing that I hate is when I, you know, meet somebody I like. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, no. No. Got a few of those. We've been lucky. Would you well, yeah. Agree? I mean, We've been lucky. We had three or four that I'm the one comes to mind that we. Bozzy. Bozzy. We won't talk about ever again. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but for the most part, they've been pretty great. Way, same right? label. We we can't. He was great. Great. He's dead. To, dead to me. Dead Love to me. Him. He's the best. <laughs> can't wait for the next hit of yours, Bozzy. Dead to me. But uh, we've been lucky. Um, most part, they're just people, and and they're. I mean, 
for him to come on and do that with us was terrific. I love it. Um, well, what about what he, I did? You didn't talk about me coming on here and doing anything. I think you? the best thing you did was finally turn that dang light on so that we could see your face. Uh, that That's was big. First time that was huge. You that finally huge. spoken the truth. You finally spoke. You wanted to see my face. I wanted to see that punum. Yeah. We were starting to look like EOB. There, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> the big windows behind him. And... <laughs> you guys don't understand. I have turned into a English rock star. Uh, oh, that's what, I, that's what it is. All that's right. What I'm going for from now on. Okay. Uh, what? Uh, what? By the way, Taco, the whole setup is nice. I, I've never Love seen. Thing. I've never that. seen the inside of your house. It's always been the bus. Look at that. That's awesome. Yeah. Look at his, uh... He's got his little. Uh, what is it? Nintendo. The Game Boy. There. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Vintage. Vintage. Mm-hmm. I love you're in the festive spirit. You've got your, uh, you get the whole house decorated, it looks like. Yeah, we got yeah. lights. <laughs> we got lights. Old, old fashioned typewriter and <laughs> lights. We got lights. <laughs> I mean, you with, with the, with the analog clock, the typewriter, the rotary phone, and the Game Boy, you have got Barry Quarter an erection. I mean, he is ready. <laughs> analog? All for you, Barry. <laughs> analog? <laughs> what is a glog? That's what you said, anaglog. 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 You said anaglog. I do say that weird, don't I? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason I bring it up is because you sure would have brought it up. It had been me saying it. (laughs) Pounce on every possible. (laughs) Golly gee whiz. (laughs) Gary, that's what you do. You do just old timey sayings. I know, because I have such a potty mouth normally that I. I don't want to. Uh, that's not what I want to be known for. Is my potty mouth? <laughs> You'd rather be known for the guy from the forties. Yeah, yeah, I'm the yeah I'd rather work Cleaver. The G Wiz guy. Gee, yeah. the G Wiz. Gosh <laughs> well, darn it! What was talk? What was it? What was the episode that we? What was it? The Hoot Nanny. Hoot Nanny. Oh, yeah, you're talking about the hooping and the hollering. The hooping, the hooping and, and the, the hollering. Yes, Barry would rather be the hooping and the hollering yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> I did have to look that up. I thought it was Slim Pickens in, uh, uh, oh, what was the uh, Peter Sellers movie? Um, oh, oh, shoot. Dr. Strangelove. They were, uh, we can, no, no, Blazing Saddles. Remember, he oh, okay. said we can come in a hooping and a hollering. Okay. But that's not what he said. So. Uh, thanks, Dad. All right. Guys, anything else? Anything else? I think it was a good, uh, good, good uh, catch up. You know, good catch up. It was. Um, if we got a few minutes, I can tell you about the uh, the Rue gaming that we've been doing. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Oh god. Yes. Sorry, because we went around the room talking about the things that we've been doing, and we just stopped talking about that for some odd reason. <laughs> I think that was probably for some reason my fault. <laughs> uh, so, Please do guys, tell, guys, what have you been doing this whole break? Please do tell. <laughs> Well, uh, I've been playing games on Twitch, which lets You've you stream video games. You've been getting into video, video games? games? I've been getting into video games. Wow. Really, I, I really think there's something here with these video games. Okay. I think it's going to take off. <laughs> Jeepers, Wally. Um, so I started doing that. Uh, was talking to uh, Daniel with the Rubus. He just got a PS5. And uh, he says there's a there's a charity called Extra Life. They, they raise money, or they donate money to children's hospitals. And you can raise money by playing video games on Twitch uh, by just asking for donations. So we decided to like put a little crew together of some Bonnaroo gamers, if you will. Mm-hmm. So we've got me, Daniel, um, Parker, and mm-hmm. Jake from the Ruham. And then we also added uh, Ben, who, who used to work for AC Entertainment. He did their social media stuff. He's now playing games. So okay. we well, What up- are the games? Well, it, it's kind of whatever we want. Uh, uh, he got the PS5, so he's been playing like Spider-Man and some new games. Oh, so I've it been... doesn't matter because I'm just watching it on Twitch. Yeah, you're just watching. Oh, I get it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd, we'd like to figure out maybe a way where we could all play a game together or something because there's a lot of fun online games you can do that with. Yeah. Um, but we set a goal initially of $250 that we thought maybe we could raise and, and donate that. And we like shot through that you know, within... Within the day or so. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So we're up to about $320, I think, and we're just going to keep it going for the rest of the year. Well, what days do you do it? I've been doing it uh, every other day or so. Daniel's done it, you know, it's pretty much just whenever we have time. But we are like a set night that it's like, you know, it's Bonnaroo game night. 
No, but um, we are talking about putting together, maybe doing like a 12-hour block where we all kind of play, you know, continuously uh, one day. That's really good. 24 hours of non-stop gaming. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, Brad and I, this is not us, and 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 not, I huh? I feel somewhat bad making fun of you earlier, but I mean this is a great this is a great thing. How can people help? So if somebody wants to contribute, how can they do it? Uh, I'll put a link down in the description, and we'll you know we'll tweet it out and stuff. That's there's cool. a there's a link you can just go donate. Um, you can tune in when one of us is watching or one of one of us is playing. You can watch. Um, you can donate money while we're playing. Um, we have a, we started like a Twitter account called Rue Gaming Crew where you can keep up and see when we're playing, what we're playing. Um, and, and we wanted to open it up to anybody. If you go to Bonnaroo, if you play games, if you stream them or not, if you want to join us, you can, you can certainly hit us up and we'll, we'll add you into the fold. Barry, I've, uh, very often times just been sitting there and I'll notice that, uh, Taco will go, just say like, go live. I don't, I don't, it must be on Instagram or, or Twitter or something. It'll say, Lord Taco is now live on Twitch. And I pop on and, uh, I basically, I, I love watching Taco play <laughs> video games, to be honest with you. And I never understood why, but he always plays all the games that I was terrible at when I was a kid. So it's like all these Nintendo games. Like, what were you playing the other day that I was so obsessed with? Uh, uh, Mega Man. I, I was playing some Mega I Man. Could, I could never get past that first screen of Mega Man. I don't care if I was six or thirty-six. I never. I still can't figure it out. But well, it's not favorite, even easier for me. I'm, oh, I'm still bad at it. Yeah. It's so hard. But my favorite part is that um, you know they, they talk like Taco will talk a little bit here and there, and he'll like give you a play-by-play here and there. Uh, but you because we know him so well, you can hear the PBRs open just <laughs> nonstop. The soundtracks of our lives. I, mean, I might be in there for 20 minutes, and I've heard three times. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I put the PBR cam on there. I've got a dedicated cam just <laughs> on the PBR. <laughs> so and then the occasional about every 10, 15 minutes where he just disappears for... Yeah, it's in pause. You show up and you just on pause because he's got to pay. Um, no, I, 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 lo I love this idea, but the thing that I've never understood is like when you're why when I'm watching it, am I watching like a camera on your TV or have you plugged your TV into your computer or something? Like, how is it? How am I watching the video game? It's I hate going, to be dumb about this, but I have no, no idea. It's fine. Um, it, it's going through a, a capture device that takes the video signal and uh, displays it on the screen through the computer. So, oh, so it's plugged into your your TV's plugged into your computer. Yeah. Now I think oh. Daniel, he's the PS5 is so new, it's got it built in to where it can go ahead and stream just from the PS5. There's no extra computer needed. So mm. it's taken me a few months, and part of it was that well, I've got all this gear from podcasting, microphones, lights, cameras. I could set up a, a video game stream. And so that's been my I've slowly been like mm. figuring out how to do it, how to set it up. And okay. uh been a lot of fun. So that's been my kind of quarantine project. I, I love how you just keep it with old school video games, though. You know, I, I like the new video games. I have no interest in watching that World same. of Warcraft mm -hmm. or whatever that garbage. I do not care. It's just too much gobbledygook. <laughs> that, too much uh, gobbledygook. Too gobbledygook. Too much yeah. malarkey on the screen for me yeah. to. Too much hey, malarkey. I can't, I can't oh, keep gosh. up with all the nonsense that's on the screen. There's just a. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, but boy, I'll sit there and watch anybody play, you know, Super Mario Brothers. Well, I'm all in. The thing is, that, uh, you know, I've had this collection of like Nintendo, Super Nintendo, old vintage video games mm -hmm. systems and games and stuff. I was like, why not dig it out and hook it up and, and get it to work? And while I'm doing them, I might as well, you know, play yeah, where the people can watch. You should so. be doing like with the guy with the guys like Mike Tyson Punch Out. I I like Mike Tyson Punch Out. Yeah, like you should be playing like other people in it, and then like you, you know, trash talk a little bit. We can do some trash talking. Okay. <laughs> you can tell I trash talk a lot, right? Oh man, you yeah, can't just... stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the sound of victory. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, I'm sorry we uh, we interrupted that earlier. I, uh, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Good stuff, then... and I'm glad you brought it back up. Good for you. You and Daniel are doing good things. So, well, thank you. Yeah, Barry, you're not doing anything good. Look at you. Nothing. Doing nothing. Doing I'm nothing helping good. nobody. I'm not improving the universe one bit. <laughs> Just sitting over here looking orange. I don't know what I'm Just doing. Looking Just looking orange. Looking orange. Yep. Yeah. I am looking right. orange. 
All right, we're missing you guys. Anything else? Anything else before we go? Let's do this again. All right, I guess we can. I guess we can make this a regular thing. Sure. Yeah, we should. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah. Amazing. I will say, I mean, I do think that there's there needs to be homework here. I mean, I there is a there is a uh, documentary, and I cannot believe Barry hasn't brought this up, but I do want us all to watch that Dolly Parton documentary. Yeah, How have, have you not, not brought it. this up yet? I didn't know. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Um, man, it's on. It's on. Wait, you might be. Look, it may be old. I don't know what it is, but it's no, on Netflix. It's and I have, and uh, her new I Christmas album it. is great. And uh, man, everything just feels like she's going to be at Bonnaroo in September. And I'm hoping and praying. Nope. How about Miley? Nope. Oh, I mean, maybe. But I, I think that I think that if you if you've made it this far, I think that you can probably uh, in this podcast, I think you can probably start to fill in the bubble of the Foo Fighters. Um, yeah, I think yeah. everything is starting to move that way. Um, and they have got a, a new album and l- look, I, 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 I haven't been a fan of, I haven't been a fan of, I haven't been a fan of the Foo Fighters for a long time. Um, Dave Grohl is as good of a dude for radio people as you can ever imagine. I think he's good for um, music. Yeah. He's great for music too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, they've got a new album coming out and it's good. It's really good. And I'm surprised that I'm saying that uh, because it's just not my it's not my flavor. It's just not where I've been ever since you know that two and a half Foo Fighters albums ago. But um, this one's really good. The new single's good. The next single is really really good. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, I think that you probably should start thinking along those lines of how you know if if the first one that comes off the board who gets filled and i think that you're exactly right barry we've been saying it for months my, my morning jackets probably first because of their uh history with the festival and Foo fighters gets put up there too don't disagree okay I don't disagree All right. I, just, I really want miley and i really want dolly so oh you're getting dirty this is getting dirty <laughs> this is really getting dirty which by the way do we you need to see him on the head do we need to see Miley Cyrus naked anymore? She's no. naked again on Rolling Stone. It just—I've never seen someone. Na- I haven't seen my wife naked this, this many times. Like she's naked every her time naked. I turn around. I don't want to see her naked. I don't want to see her tongue ever again. Ever again. Ever. But I love her. I mean, I love her more every day. Off, she shows off between her legs more than my dogs do. <laughs> I mean, it is so. I'm not saying machine. a lot. That is she saying a is lot. Constantly naked, and I don't understand why. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. I agree, but I I like her more every day. Yeah, I know. I, but she's she's really fun. She's really fun. I know. She's she's, and she's being who she is, and I love it. So anyway, but but uh, the whole point of it is that you know she she is decentralizing. The is is that the word? Is that the word I'm looking for? She's, Sensitizing, yeah, that's what. Thank you. Uh, us from seeing this, I, you know, it's not oh, like it's right. not shocking it's, it's, anymore, right? It's so putting the Miley, it. it's putting the Hannah Montana thing behind her, but she's done that and move on. So I'm, I've moved on. She I wants, she, she wants, too, she but. wants the female body to be as accepted and as able to be seen as the male body is shown up all the time. And I right, get, that. I, I don't want to see your crotch either. So. Well, a little too Let's late, Barry. A little too late. <laughs> All right. Bye. Uh, can Bye-bye. We, uh, do, oh, yeah. Can I read the Patreon names real yes, quick? Oh, yeah, sure. Boy, uh, Taco is keeping us on point today, isn't he? That's why he's I, who he is. Yeah. I know. We, I almost forgot how to do it because we haven't done a show in so long. And done in a while, yeah. We have uh, a good group of people that have stuck with us through Patreon. Absolutely. You guys are amazing. And uh, if not for COVID, I'd be tongue-kissing all of you. <laughs> If not COVID. <laughs> That's the only reason why. That's the only reason. Only why. reason. <laughs> so let me read these names. We've got DJ Bryce Brinston, uh, Kyle Boyle, Riley Benson, Madison Hadziko, Hadzeko, uh, DK, Benjamin Wells, Tori, Daniel and Sharla Horton of the Rubus, Jacob Marty, Musical Antlers, Mary T, Andrew T. McBride, Justin Nigro, Sean McCain, David Solano, Brooke Tussie, Lauren Edholm, Nick Yeatman, 
Melanie and Jesse Feldman, Catherine Riccio, Timothy Proctor, Aaron Carlson, Evan Brown, Ross McNamara, William Richards, Meredith Ritten, Rittman, Parker Reed from uh, the uh, Ruham guys, William Wilhoyt, Sean McCarthy, Ryan Matthewson, Liesl Condor, David Grimes, Linda Doles, Ella, Chelsea Davis, Dan Sweeney, Phil Hanley, Chloe Hannon, and Jason Hazelbake. And I know it sounds like we read the same names every month uh, or every show, but like these people have really like stuck yeah. with us. And that's awesome. You're yeah. exactly right. Thanks, Flag. Exactly right. Which, by the way, um, I get, you guys on the way to New Orleans? You, know, you coming down? You guys uh, on the way? Leave the light on. Okay. <laughs> I'm running out of power. But, I don't have up, any lights stay left. Stay up. <laughs> stay up. Stay up. podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Love you. Bye. Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year? That matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.